following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. Enemy at the gate. This morning I want to continue that series with something that really has been really strong on my heart. And I really believe that today God is going to do something deep in people's lives. Do you know... I haven't come here today just to play at church. I've come here to have an encounter with God. And I really believe that you're in the right place to have an encounter with God today. If you open up your heart, I just know that God wants to do something deep in your life. So, so, so the whole premise of this message is this. The enemy has been defeated. Can anybody say amen to that? The enemy's been defeated. Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15 tell us that the enemy was disarmed and Jesus made a public, a public spectacle of the enemy triumphing over him. It's interesting that in Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, Paul uses a word that described a Roman spectacle that would take place at the end of every Roman conquest and what that would be is this is that the vanquished the defeated enemies would be paraded down the main street naked and humiliated and the people would cheer the victors saying they're the victors they're the defeated the same word is used for Jesus conquering the enemy made a public spectacle disarmed him humiliated him how many of you can say the enemy's been defeated Why don't you say it? The enemy's been defeated. defeated. In Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14, it says, Through death he might destroy him who had the power over death, that is the devil. So Jesus defeated. And that's such an important point for us to note. And in Ephesians 1 verse 20, it says that he put all things under his feet. So, and, and then he made Jesus the head and we're the body. And so the enemy is also under our feet, figuratively speaking. So it's important this morning that you understand that the enemy has been defeated. You've got to get that into your spirit that Jesus is the victor, that Jesus is more powerful, that light is more powerful than darkness. If you have light, you never have to be afraid of the dark. Isn't that great? Because the enemy lives in the dark, but Jesus lives in the light. And so if Jesus is in you, you have the light. And the light will always put out darkness. How many of you know that darkness cannot put out light? Light puts out darkness. Light is more powerful. How many of you are excited that you're on the winning side? Now, what we also need to understand is this, that at conversion, when we got saved, when we gave our lives to Jesus, what happens is that God comes and resides within us. What an incredible thought. What an incredible thought just to have this thought that God dwells with us, that God lives with us, that God lives inside of us. Can you stop for a minute and just contemplate the enormity of that, that God lives within you? It's just so powerful to understand that. But also the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, that the devil... The enemy goes around like a roaring lion, 
seeking whom he may devour. And so even though he's been defeated, and even though Jesus lives inside of us and we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the enemy prowls around your life looking for an opening. He's, he's, like a prowl, he's, he's like a prowling, roaring lion, seeking and looking for an access point, looking for an opening, looking for you to have left the gate open so he can come in to create havoc. Because the Bible describes the devil as the thief who comes only to rob, to kill, to destroy. That's found in John chapter 10. To rob, to kill and destroy. And so what happens is this, is that if you leave the gate open, the enemy comes in legally because you've left the gate open. And if you give him reason to be there, he becomes a bad tenant on God's property. And because you've given him legal right to be there, he just wrecks havoc in your life. And so what happens is too many people then pray to God, 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 I've got there's all this havoc going in my life. Please deliver me. And God says, but you've actually given the enemy permission to be there. So what you've got to do is find how he got in, take away access and kick him out because he can't be in your life. And that's why the series is entitled Enemy at the Gate. Don't give him access. So over the few weeks, we've seen that one of the ways that we can give the enemy access into our lives to wreak havoc is through willful disobedience. Willful disobedience. Listen, don't get caught up with the trendy message. Oh, grace, grace, grace. God covers everything. God covers everything. It's okay. Just do what you want to do. Grace will cover everything. Don't abuse God's grace by thinking that way. I'm telling you, willful disobedience isn't covered by grace. The only thing that's covered by grace is repentance and asking God to forgive. That's what's covered by grace, but not willful disobedience. That's rebellion. That's opening the door to the enemy. And one of the greatest messages he would want you to believe is that grace covers willful disobedience. That is a deception. That's a lie. And that lie will actually give him access into your life. You want to hear more about this? Get the tape or get the mp3 or whatever from a couple of weeks back we don't do tapes anymore what we've gone past that we do cds now we do mp3 now Uh, we do telecommunication just so then then the second access point that i want to talk about is offense is this is this just we get offended we get and, and through offense comes resentment. And through resentment comes bitterness and, and anger. And it just, how, how many of you, just me using those words contorts my face and makes this very handsome man look very ugly? No? Makes an ugly man look even uglier. Is that what you were thinking? No. Offense. We weren't designed by God to walk in offense. We were designed by God in love to walk in love. One of the greatest things that you can do is see offense as actually opening the gate for the enemy to come in. And the Bible is very clear that if we don't forgive people their sins, neither will our Father in heaven forgive our sins. And so it just leaves room for the enemy to come in and wreak havoc. The third access point, and this is what I'm going to spend today talking about, is a wounded spirit. 
a wounded, I want to talk to you about a wounded spirit. And just a simple definition of what a wounded spirit is, is an inner infection in our inner world that causes pain and suffering. So just as we can get an infection on our outer body that causes pain and suffering, we can also get an infection in our inner world that creates pain and suffering. And if you've got an infection on your outer world, you know that antibiotics, you know that there's medicines, you know there's all sorts of things that you go to a doctor to and say, man, my my body's infected. I need some medicine to get it healed because I'm I'm suffering here. And, and, And you go and you get a prescription to get yourself fixed up on the outer. But there's a lot of people that are infected on the inner world and don't fully understand how the infection works. They don't fully understand how that infection manifests. And all they keep doing is covering up the infection with all sorts of things. But they go through life with this inner world in chaos, with this inner world full of pain and suffering. And then they wonder why their life is such a misery. Because you can't have an infection in your inner world and enjoy your outer world. Whatever's happening in your inner world will actually shape your outer world. So many people are hoping for luck. Maybe maybe if I get lucky, my outer world will change. But I want to tell you, the best way you can change your outer world is to get healed in your inner world. And if you're healed and whole on the inside, it actually shapes your outside. Too many people are hoping for a new day. They go from relationship to relationship, hoping that maybe the new relationship will be the answer to my happiness, only to find that they've just got hitched up with someone who's infected on the inside. And they bring their infection into the relationship and everything looks rosy for a couple of weeks. And then kaboom, World War III opens up. Why? Because an infected inner world touching another infected inner world creates a bigger infection. Wow. And you know what? That's the bad news. The good news is that God wants to heal wounded spirits. So what text? Well, I've got so many scriptures to share with you this morning. But let's start with this one. It's Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23. I really believe if there's a scripture that you need to memorize, it's this one. If there's one scripture for you to memorize in regards especially to this healing of the wounded spirit, it's this scripture. Proverbs 4.23. In the New King James, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence... For out of it spring the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Let's stop on this scripture for a little while and let's unpack this scripture. The Young's literal translation of this word, of this verse, starts off like this. Above every charge. Whoa, hang on here. Above every charge? Get hold of this. What's happening here is Solomon and all of his wisdom is trying to impart wisdom to his sons. 
And as a father imparting wisdom to his sons, he's, he, he, he has so much good stuff. But he stops it here and he says, listen, above every other charge that I've given you, stop and think about this. What's that? Keep your heart. Guard your heart. Because out of it flow the issues of life. Now, let's, let's, let's stop on a few words. First one was exclamation point. Let's stop here. Let's concentrate on this because this is a big one. Above every charge. Keep your heart. That word keep literally means guard your heart. Keep a watch over your heart. In other words, be diligent, protect it, maintain your heart. Now, this heart refers not just to your beating muscle inside of there. When the Bible refers to heart, it's not talking about a physical thing. It's talking about your inner world. And so this heart that that the Bible refers to is better translated. Keep guard over your inner world, your emotions, your thoughts, what's going on on the inside of you. It's the inner world that not many people get to see, but they get to experience it because your inner world actually controls the way you connect with your outer world. And so what, what, what uh, 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 Solomon is saying there in this proverb is make sure that you guard it because out of it flows the parameters. The issues are the parameters of life. The extent that you do life is actually determined by how healthy your inner world is. If I could summarize this scripture, I would say it like this. Be really careful. Be very watchful. Because your inner world will shape your outer world. And if you don't like what's happening in your outer world... It's probably connected to what's happening in your inner world. And so we need to get healed. We need to get this thing fixed up. Proverbs 17 verse 22 says, A merry heart, we used to sing it, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. But you know what the second part of the verse says? But a broken spirit dries the bones. And so what it does, it compares these two things, sweet spirit versus wounded spirit. And so what what the scripture says is this, if you've got a sweet spirit, it's as good as a medicine, man, you, you, you just go through life and you're full of sweetness. But if you've got a wounded, broken spirit, man, it'll dry up your bones. And not only will it dry up your bones, it'll dry up the bones of the people with whom you connect with. So let me talk to you this morning about what the effects are of a wounded spirit. And then, I'll, and then I'll talk to you about what causes a wounded spirit. So the effects of a wounded spirit is this. You get infected. And in the infection, there's a poison. And it's through the poison that the enemy actually gets access into your life to wreak havoc. So this is how the enemy gets in. It's through the poison. And so once there's an infection, this is how it manifests. It manifests through bitterness. It manifests through resentment. It manifests through prejudice. It manifests through inner vows, through hurt, through pain. Listen, if you've ever said, I'm never going to trust anybody again. 
That is a manifestation of a wounded spirit. That's just a typical manifestation. So there are so many people that are haters. How many, have you even encountered anyone that's a hater? They're just a hater. Every time you talk to them, they just hate something. They hate somebody. They, they're just haters. They're, they're blogging. Hate, 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 hate. They hate everybody. That's a typical manifestation of a wounded spirit. It just, the poison comes out. Certainly no sweetness there. It's just poison that comes out. Some people just cry themselves to sleep every night. And they just don't know why. Maybe you're here today. And last night you just cried yourself to sleep. And you hardly know, but this incredible sadness came upon your life. That sadness, that's a manifestation of a wounded spirit. Some people contemplate suicide on a regular basis. He said, but why? you got so much to live for. If you've got a wounded spirit, your wounded spirit just blinds you from all that you've got to live for. And all your wounded spirit does is shows you just how tough life is and how bad life is and how hopeless life is. And it just blinds you to the possibilities of getting better because you've tried everything on the outside. But I'm telling you, there's an answer. His name is Jesus. He came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to heal the wounded spirits. And he's here today with love and compassion in his heart to try to heal you. One of my favorite stories about this is in Luke chapter 7. Do you know what? Every time I read this story, I just get emotional. And I get emotional because this is... The true love of God being manifest. And not many people have the understanding of the true love of God. So what's the story in Luke chapter 7? It's the story of the woman with the alabaster flask. And, and, and the Bible says that this woman was a sinner. But I really believe that this was a woman. Yes, sure, she would have sinned. There's no question about that. The Bible says that. But I also believe that this is a woman with a wounded spirit. Why is that? Because she has the typical manifestations of people with a wounded spirit. And so the story goes like this. Jesus gets invited to eat at a Pharisee's house. Now, a Pharisee is a teacher of the law. A Pharisee is someone that studied the Bible and studied what God was about, studied theology, had their theology down pat. And so Jesus... Again, is showing friendship to a Pharisee named Simon and his friends. He's at the house. They're having dinner. And this woman barges in to the dinner. See, that's the thing with people with wounded spirits. They hardly know what's appropriate and what's inappropriate. Sometimes their wound so, so takes control of their actions that they do things that seem really strange to others. But something in her heart just needed to get healed. And so she found Jesus and, and she brought a gift for him. It was this oil, very expensive oil in this alabaster box, this alabaster flask. And, and, and as, as they're sitting at, can you just get the picture? They're sitting at table, all these men sitting at table having theological discussions. And this woman barges in, stands at the feet of Jesus and just starts crying. They're going, what in the world? But they all knew who she was. And then she falls on her knees 
at the feet of Jesus and just starts crying over his feet. And, his, and, and, and such was the intensity of her tears that they, they just dripped all over Jesus' feet. And, she just, and they just became moist with her tears. And then she breaks this very expensive oil and starts rubbing them on his feet and just using, just pulled down her hair and she starts just drying his feet with her hair. And, 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 and these Pharisees are incredibly annoyed. And, they, and they're in their heart, they're rebuking Jesus. If you only knew what type of woman she was, there's no way that you'd make her touch you. And when I read this, I, I just get shattered at the God concepts these religious people had. They had no God concept that was a correct God concept. They had no idea that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. And that if anyone had a correct God concept, it was Jesus. Because, And so what you see is the contrast between the God concepts of religious figures... And the real God concept. And the religious figures, their God concept was stay away, unclean, have nothing to do until you're perfect. Then you can come. Whereas Jesus was just come the way you are. Come with a broken heart. Come, come with repentance in your heart. Come with tears in your heart. Just come the way that you are and I will not cast you out. I will not push you aside. Matter of fact, I'll defend you. Because that's exactly what Jesus did. He stood up from her. She hid behind him and he put his hands and says, let me tell you a few things. He says, hey, listen, if someone owes 500 denarii debt and they get forgiven and someone owes a 50 denarii debt, let, let, let me put it into... Let me put it into today's language. If someone owes a $75,000 debt and they get forgiven, and someone owes a $7,500 debt and they get forgiven, who loves more? And Simon says, well, obviously the one that got forgiven the $75,000. Then he looks at Simon and says, this woman knew her debt. But let me tell you something. I came into your home. You didn't wash my feet, which was customary to do. But this woman hasn't stopped washing my feet with her tears. You didn't kiss me as is customary when you come into the home. But this woman hasn't ceased kissing my feet. You didn't anoint my head with oil as is customary when a guest of honor comes into the home. But she's anointed my feet with very expensive oil. So you leave her alone. And then he looks to her and ministers love and compassion and heals her, forgives her past and says, now go into your future having been released from the pains and sins of your past. See, that's the heart of Jesus, to heal to forgive, to set you on your path. Can I just say to you right now, right here, this moment, right now, is this, some of you for too long have been dragging your past into your future. 
for too long. You've been carrying the wounds of your past and, and it's been like this trailer that you've attached and it's all the junk and all the hurts and all the resentment and all the stuff of pain and you've, and you've been burdened down because you're carrying all this junk and you're trying to move into life and, and, you, and, and you catch a glimpse of what the future might be like and you try to move there but you're stuck. You're carrying this stuff and I want to say to you that Jesus wants to release you from that. He wants to set you free from that. He wants to take that stuff off, deal with it, heal you, so that you can be free to move into your future. That's the power of God. That's the anointing that's available to you. That's what happens when we get infected. Let me tell you the second result. Not just infection, but protection as well. If we have a wounded spirit, To try to protect the wound, we build walls. We build walls around ourselves. And these walls are designed to try to keep the pain out, to try to keep the hurt out. But in actual fact, what it does, it actually locks the hurt in. And it stops good things from coming in. Because a wall of protection can do two things It can stop bad things coming, but it can also stop good things coming in. And so sometimes because of your war, you can't discern what's good and what's bad. And so sometimes you let bad people in because they promised you the the world and you keep good people out because you've got no discernment. But what you end up doing without a shadow of a doubt that you actually lock your wound in. And so you, you try then to do life with this wound. It's all locked in. It's all protected. But there are buttons that are connected. And every now and then someone touches a button and kaboom, there's an explosion on the inside. And you think, where did that come from? Matter of fact, the person touching the button thinks, where did that come from? Well, the button is just touching something of the wound. But you know, I'll tell you what else happens. Is that the enemy actually attaches strings to the wound. And he becomes the puppet master. And he plays you like a puppet master. And when he pulls this, because the wounds are so closely connected to you, he can pull a string and you will just react. He'll pull another one and you'll react. He's got the strings to your life through the wounded spirit. And you dance to his tune, not God's tune. And I'm telling you that that sometimes you can hear the tune of God in the distance. You can hear the voice of God in the distance. And you're saying, that's, that's the tune that, that, that I want to dance to. That's, that's the tune that, that, that I'm attracted to. But the enemy through the wounded spirit says, you're not dancing to that tune. You're dancing to my tune. And you get pulled. And I'm telling you, the only way that you can break the enemy's strings from your life is to get healed from your wounded spirit. To get healed. And God wants to heal you today. Yeah. He wants to heal you today. So, John, how do we get a wounded spirit? Well, very quickly, let me share with you just just a few ways that we get a wounded spirit. Number one is through guilt. Guilt is a shocking thing. See, guilt, God designed it as a positive thing. Guilt, Guilt is like a pain response. How many of you know that pain responses are really good for you because they say, the pain response says to you, whoa, what you're doing is damaging. How many of you know that? 
And so more often than not, God's designed guilt as very same thing as a pain response. Whoa, what you're doing is damaging. And so, so when you feel guilt, this is the way God designed it. Whoa, back off. God, I'm sorry I did that. I won't do that again. Repentance, and it's done. But you know what? If you ignore the, 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 the true response to guilt and you keep doing it, the guilt just gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And rather than being repelled, which is what God designed for you to do, back off. Don't go there. That's dangerous. You stay there. And as you stay there, it just rips, rips, rips and creates a wound. And pretty soon that guilt can become shame. Where you walk through life with shame. and I don't know how many people I've heard. Would you come to church? Oh, come to church. If I came to church, the roof would cave in. How many of you heard that expression, the roof had caved in? That's linked to shame. You don't know what I've done. God knows what I've done. And boy, oh boy, he's out to judge me. No, no, no. This is a place of healing. No, the roof won't cave in. The doors will open. The arms will be outstretched. See, Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus came to heal the wounded spirits. Jesus came to remove your guilt and your shame, clean you up on the inside. That's why he suffered, so that you don't have to suffer. That's the great exchange is give me your stuff that is causing you pain and anguish. And I'll give you my healing. I'll give you my power. I'll give you my freedom. I'll give you my liberty. So that you are not constantly dancing to the tune of the enemy. Come on, I've got so much more to say today, but I just feel the Holy Spirit's in this house. I just feel the Holy Spirit's in this house just wanting to heal some people this morning. He's wanting to heal you. Maybe you're here this morning. And, and, and you feel, John, you've been speaking to me. This is my life. I'm hearing God's tune. And as much as I want to dance to God's tune, it seems like there's another force that's pulling the strings in my life. See, the enemy's gotten access to your life through your wounded spirit. And God wants to heal you today. He wants to heal you today. Some of you have been violated. Some of you have have had people abuse you. Some people are here today and you've had someone come into your life that's violated you and it's created this wounded spirit. Some of you are here today and you've had all your dreams broken. Your, your shattered dreams are lying left, right and center around you. The very thing, when, when, when you were a young person, you had all these dreams and, and now it's like it's just a mess. That creates a wounded spirit. Can I tell you that it's never too late for God? to restart the process, giving you a new vision and a new dream. But can you be healed? Yes, you can. Does God want to? Of course he does. He wants to heal you on the inside so that you're not broken. Broken people going through life broken only cause more brokenness. God wants to heal you. He's here today. His arms are outstretched. He says, just like the woman with the alabaster jar came to me with this heart of God, who can I turn to but only you? She found the right person. He did heal her. He did set her free. If you come to Jesus like that, he can do the same for you today. He will heal you. 
He will set you free. He'll put his hand on the wound and take away all the infection. He'll just put his love on that sore and broken wound. And as he puts his love on there, you'll see the wound, just all the infection going and the healing flowing. Because God's love is more powerful than any force in the universe. And he's offering you that love this morning. Come on, I just want you to close your eyes right now. Just every man and woman and child in this auditorium, would you just close your eyes? You say, why should I? I just don't want you to focus on me or people around you. I just want you to focus on Jesus who's here today. And if you're here this morning and, and, and the Holy Spirit has said to you, that's you. You've got a wounded spirit. I just want you to open up the palms of your hands. Just, just open up the palms of your hands and it becomes body language to, God, I'm wanting to be healed this morning. So if that's you, you've got a wounded spirit and you want to be healed this morning, I just want you to open up the palms of your hands. Heavenly, just open them up. Don't be embarrassed. Father, you see everyone whose palms are open to heaven. And I just pray today that you will just pour your love that heals the wound on the inside. Lord, you know what caused the wound. You know how this wound has become infected. But now, Lord, would you just cause your love to penetrate all the walls Some of you just need to open the door. Some of you are struggling to open that door. But today is the day to open the door so that his love can break through. Just open the door. Let his love break through. God's not here to punish you. He's here to heal you. You say, John, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know what's happened to me. That's true. I don't, but God does. And he's here. With no judgment, he's here with love and saying, let me heal you. Let me heal your broken heart. Let me heal your spirit and your soul so that I can heal your body. Now, Holy Spirit, just reveal how the wound happened so that we can deal with it right now. Just reveal how it happened in Jesus' name. So what I want you to do right now, if, you, if, if, if that's you with a wounded spirit, I just want you right now, I want you to confess your condition to God. I want you to say something like this, Lord, I have a wound because of this situation. And then you just name the situation or situations to God, whether it be betrayal, whether it be violation, whether it be somebody speaking a negative word to you, whether it be someone leaving you, whether it be, you know, just abandonment. But people walked out on you. People made promises and didn't keep them. Whatever it is, there's so many ways that a wounded spirit can come in. You say, Lord, this morning, I confess that I've got a wounded spirit because of this situation. Confess it to God. And then if you're harboring bitterness or resentment to anyone because of the wound, if there was a person or even a scenario that 
that, that you can sense that there's still resentment in your heart. That's how the poison stays there. It's through the resentment that, that the enemy actually gets a foothold. What I need for you to do right now is to say, Lord, I forgive. I forgive. Some of you need to forgive your parents. Some of you need to forgive your father for being harsh against you. Some of you need to forgive a boss. Some of you need to forgive a school teacher. Some, some of you need to forgive a boyfriend or a girlfriend that used and abused you. Some, some of you just need to forgive and just let go right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Just release. Let it go. Let it go. Just release the poison out. The poison. Let it go. The poison. Why is that? Because it's damaging you. Just let it go today. Just Lord, say, I forgive. Even as you've forgiven me, I forgive them in Jesus' name. Because once the poison is gone, then the healing can flow. But while the poison is there, you will get reinfected. You've got to get rid of the poison. You've got to get rid of it. And it's you that just opens up your hands and just releases it. Just say, I release it. Come on, take it out of the emotional and put it into the decision part of your heart. Too many have got that in their emotional side. Move it into the decision side and say, I make a decision today to forgive, to let go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And once you've let go, then I want you to say, Lord, create in me a new spirit. Once you've done that, I want us then together to quote this scripture in Psalm 51, verses 10 to 13. I want us to just say this together. And if you've got your hands open, just, just keep your hands open. Just, just say, it. say, create in me. Come on, let's say, a clean heart, O oh God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me with your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways. And sinners will be converted to you. Heal me, Lord, on the inside so that I might be whole. Spirit, soul, and body. In Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 